0: Love Talk Radio. There's some dangerous large uh, carnivore out there.
1: Yeah, I saw that bird getting a young deer off the road and fly away.
2: And uh, it was just about getting dark, and we started panicking, running down the ridge, not really having any clue of throwing rocks in our vicinity, good-sized rocks. And uh, I stopped long enough to get a 357 out of my backpack and looked back, and that's when I saw it. I saw one. It's actually attacked to railroad workers, uh, killed livestock. You know, just
3: a lot of weird stuff that was going on. Along with my good friend and the consummate Bigfoot researcher Shane Corson. Shane, how are you this evening?
2: Hello, hello, hello. I'm I'm doing well, Gunner. Uh, how are you doing this evening? I know you're probably a a, a bit tired, like myself. <laughs> Long weekend, fun weekend.
3: Yeah, we just got both got back from uh, being up in the Olympics. Uh, yeah, we did a, I went out with Derek and a, and a Tom, excuse me, Tom and a group, uh, the, the team to, uh, service cameras. And, uh, it was, it was an invigorating hike in very warm weather and, uh, uh, up and down a very steep grade. It was, but it was good times. Um, we had, uh, a few encounters with bees unfortunately um, I think Tom got got stung like ten times or something. I mean it was yeah. poor guy seemed to be the uh bee attractant, so I managed to escape with just one sting um but yeah, just about everybody in the except the uh, Derek and Chuck managed to escape uh uh not not getting stung so but yeah, it was and beautiful weather yesterday and uh, beautiful country uh good company so it was uh, a nice weekend so
2: a great weekend and uh the like you said the weather was beautiful uh while while we were up there you know i saw a ton of wildlife down low you know obvious reasons but i saw i did see quite a few deer Uh, i saw fawn and doe in the water just hanging out and, and uh quite a few other little um wildlife members out there which was uh it was, it was a good uh, wildlife sightseeing and, uh, you know, did a little bit of hiking myself. Didn't do quite the hiking you guys did going up to the you know, that plateau and servicing the cameras and stuff. But, man, you guys got some fantastic uh, bear shots off of those uh, trail camp picks. I mean, just, it reminded me of the Jacob's bear, but this bear was really, uh, <laughs> it, was a, it was a younger bear, but he, he was, you know, pushing, I would say 300 and, and just uh, looked really nice, shiny coat. Fabulous shots. Yeah, no, it was, that was a no. No uh, Bigfoot
3: pictures on the the cameras, but there definitely was um, a bear in the area and, and some uh, fawns. And,
4: yeah,
3: yeah, it was pretty cool. But uh, it's interesting the uh, the lack of uh, ungulates and stuff up in that area. At least you're not finding a lot of a lot of uh, sign up there. So, but we did find bear scat up on the on the hillside and and then we found out, yeah, there were pictures on the the cameras of uh, video of, of the black bear. So that was pretty cool. So everything, uh, very, very warm area. I mean, it was very warm this weekend, uh, probably better than 80 degrees yesterday. So, and, uh, I think everybody was pretty gassed when they got down, but, uh, had a had a yeah. great time.
2: So yeah, and it was just it was great to collaborate with uh, a few individuals I haven't seen in a little while, um, like Kirk Brandenburg, you know, Aluminum project member and um, former Falcon project member. You know, just catching up with Kirk and uh, man, what a what a wealth of knowledge and uh, just a guy with uh, full of ideas and experience. Uh, Kirk Brandenburg is just a, a guy that I I love to follow, you know, and then hang out with uh, Nathaniel York. And you know Tom Baker and Cindy Dosen and and some of the other I- individuals that were there, uh, David Ellis. Uh, you know, what a great weekend to collaborate yeah. and uh, go over some of some of the uh, topics we we were there to discuss. You know, and uh, it was just a really great informative time.
3: And the, um, Ron morehead and 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 Carrie oh, over there yeah. this weekend too. That was fun. Yeah, always good to see Ron the guy with the great radio voice. I mean, I, <laughs> I don't think I don't think Ron ever seems to age. It's crazy. So,
2: man, he's like uh, Indiana Jones sometimes when I look at him. He just uh yeah, what an adventurer, but uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, he just he just fantastic health and just never changes.
3: <laughs> so, yeah, we managed to uh fortunately the people that that uh, got stung none of us were were allergic. So, <laughs> that, uh, yeah. that would have been a different kind of adventure. So I, I wanted to c- congratulate you and, uh, your lovely wife on your an- wedding anniversary.
2: Oh, oh, thank you. very Thank you very much. Uh, you know, it was, <clears throat> one of the really, uh, cool things about, uh, being a Link Project member is, uh, you know, I found out from day one that family is super important and that, uh, family is al- always welcome. Um, you know on our outings and stuff uh, and uh fortunately, the Lone project's adopted you know my wife and my daughter, and uh they just they absolutely love going up there because it's just like a you know we are hardcore researchers and and we we um we have a lot to do, but uh family time's important and it's just like one big family when we all get together i and just we all get along so well and yeah, so my wife uh, had a fantastic weekend. And it was just uh, we were very happy to spend our little anniversary weekend up there with with friends and, and you know family. So, thank you, Gunner.
3: Well, you betcha. No, it's
2: um, you, you have just an adorable
3: little girl, and and uh, she was up there playing with bubbles with and different me- members were playing with her. It was cute. So, <laughs> and uh, it's always good to see summer. You guys, uh, oh. I know uh, our buddy Larry was up there. Uh, I know he hung out at, at uh, camp yesterday, and uh, I know he and, and David Ellis were putting their heads together, uh, I'm sure, talking about audio, because they, they just love audio. It's funny, <laughs> and you get the yeah. together.
2: together. <laughs> and, and, you know, we did play some audio out there, and in fact, we were just starting to review it uh, after the second night. and. And uh, we do have some interesting tidbits on there. It's got a lot to go through. I'm waiting for, uh, you know, Larry's got uh, a lot of catching up to do. He's got uh, a lot of, you know, Larry Turner, one of our audio guys for Lint Project, and just you know, all-around great guy. Uh, we got a lot of catching up to do on some of this audio, but we, you know, just listening to it uh, and not putting on a spectrograph or anything. Well, though, no, we actually did a little bit. There's some interesting stuff on there, so I'm kind of curious as to what we got in the area that we've gotten other. Um, Really uh, phenomenal audio out, so should be. uh, My my fingers crossed. So maybe we uh, got something, you know.
3: Well,
2: the place that we we went up Friday night and placed uh,
3: audio recorders was the same location where you recorded what you know uh, sounds very much much like a a gorilla chest slap, and you know, and compares very. favorably with that on, on a spectrograph. When you look at the signature of a pair of an ape eating a chest. Yeah, that's and that's what the, the the cool thing about, you know, analyzing audio that way using spectrograph versus just, you know, listening to it is that you can look look at it and see the signatures look the same. So
4: mm-hmm.
3: well we got a couple of uh this, you know this is our one of our encounter show and we've got a couple of great guests that are coming on to share their their big fun encounters with us one of those is Joyce um you've spoken to Joyce quite a bit uh, you want, yeah if you i, I you have mind, give us a bit of...
2: yeah, she yeah she's out of texas um had an encounter in 2007 uh a possible encounter in 2007 and um uh, i was uh, i just happened to be reading through some um Uh, reports, and I found this particular report, and um, it it was just interesting, and and, uh, out of the Texas area, and and Shelly Covington, one of the project members, you know, she's out of Texas, so I kind of got those two kind of hooked up, and, uh, you know, but uh, Joyce is uh, just a sweet woman that, you know, um, had a possible Sasquatch encounter, and it was just some of the behavior I found interesting, if it was a Sasquatch, it mimics a lot of the behavior uh, uh, reported out there. and uh, you know, even from her childhood, you know, uh, she shared a few stories from her childhood that I I uh I found interesting and, and perhaps if we have time we'll we'll maybe uh uh get to that and uh but uh definitely want to hear from her and, and you know um she's Joyce is with us now. So gonna I, I'm gonna bring her on. All right. Hello Joyce, are you there with us, Joyce?
0: Yes I am.
2: Oh. Well, thank you so much for joining us.
0: <laughs> That's quite all right. It's my pleasure.
2: Hi Joyce.
3: This is Gunnar. Thanks for coming to Monster X.
0: You're quite welcome. So um
2: Oh sorry. Uh so Joyce, you know, um, you know, I, I saw your report um online and um it just intrigued me because of some of the behavior aspects of it. And uh, you, you, you know, you don't make any claims, you know. You just, you're, you're you know. That's why I, I wanted to have you on the show. You're going to report it as as you saw it. And uh, if you don't mind, just uh, maybe telling us just a little bit about yourself, if you don't mind, and then and then we'll get into the, uh, um, into your encounter uh, or your okay. possible encounter. And you can just you can just have the floor and just go
1: through it.
0: Okay. Well, first of all, my name is Joyce. Um, I live up in Middle Texas. (laughs) Um, I'm 59. I have quite a few grandchildren, more grandchildren than um, probably I need, but (laughs) (laughs) I still love them anyway. (laughs) Um, I'm uh, originally from Southeast Texas. Um, I was born and raised in the Liberty area. Um, At the time of my sighting, I was actually visiting my daughter. I was living in Galveston County, but I had went down to visit my daughter in um, a little town out between Baytown and Dayton. And while I was there, a friend of mine had come to visit, and we had went into town to grab a bite to eat, and then coming back, he wanted to go to the game reserve. So we did, um, and it was a T-shaped pier, and we were standing out on it, and we were talking, and He noticed a movement, and then he drew my attention to it, and I've seen it. It it was, at first, I mean, I really don't want to offend anyone, so please, nobody take this the wrong way. When I first seen it, I thought that it was a naked black man. Um, It was just, and it was standing behind the tree, and it was standing in water. Actually, the water in that area, or on the reserve, is actually swampy. On one side of it is the road that goes into it with the T-shaped with the pier, but on the other side, it's just swamp. It's swampy trees and just every, I mean, you name it, it's there. And um so we got to watching it and it would, there was a man and a little boy in a John boat and they had been around the line of, for lack of better, uh, water foliage and was coming back up and they were going around the bend in, in the, the, I guess it's a lake. And um, this thing was standing behind a tree, and it would step out from behind it, and then it would go back, and it would step out, and it would go back. And it did this several times. And then at one point, because I had asked my friend, you know, do you see any clothes on it? And he said, no. He says, I don't see any clothes on it. So I'm still thinking in my mind that it probably be somebody, you know, but when, when it turned and it put its hand on the tree to walk like it was walking up the embankment. And then I seen through the, the the sunlight and everything, you could tell that the hair was hanging off the arm. And then that was what really made me wonder, you know, if maybe what I wasn't seeing was a possible Bigfoot. Uh, it walked like it was going to go up the embankment, and then it turned around and went back behind the tree. Uh, it did not go up the embankment. Uh, it didn't it was not slunched over, it was standing straight up. Um and it's its fingertips I would say was like maybe three, four inches above the knees. Which ours our arms is considerably shorter. <laughs> and um it it never looked at us. The whole time, it never looked our way, and what I could see was a, like a profile. Uh, I couldn't make out an ear. Um, I'm assuming the hair had it covered. Um, it just—it was just something that I couldn't believe. Uh, so there was a little walkway that, uh, like a little path, that went towards where this thing was at. Well, him and I were going to walk it and see if we could get close enough to really see what it is. But um, I i don't do spiders. And when we started walking in, the whole thing on both sides and on top was covered. I mean, literally covered like a blanket with these big banana spiders. And I only got in there a few feet, and I told my friend, I said, I really can't go any further. And I turned around and walked back out. But if it hadn't been for the spiders, I would have. Yes, I would have walked a little closer to see if I could have gotten a better look at it.
2: Right, but I'm not
0: brave enough to battle spiders.
2: I I understand. Um, There's you're one of uh, um, a lot of people that are afraid of spiders, and I understand. But how far do you think you were from from this uh, this thing?
0: Ah, God. if you, if you had to
2: guess
0: well, I'm not a good guesser, which is what I told mr Sh- Mr Sean. um, I'm, I don't do distances very well. I would say somewhere between fifty and maybe sixty yards,
4: okay
0: you know it it could be further i'm, I'm like I said, I'm not real good at, at measurements uh and this was the year before I hit the year before I hit Texas, and I actually went back. The year after Ike hit, and the tree that this thing was standing behind wasn't even there any longer.
2: Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. I, Ike was quite the uh, wow. What what devastation? What what did your uh, you know your friend? I mean, what were what, what was your friend's initial thoughts on this? And, and and subsequently afterwards, I mean, what was your friend thinking about about this? You know, I mean, uh, what, what what were his thoughts?
0: Well, Mark really didn't have a say, you know, too much about it. He just kept telling me, you know, that it didn't have any clothes on. Uh, and then he, at one point, I think he said, um, it's not a black man. He says, uh, I can tell that. He says, because I, I don't see a neck on it. And I, I remembered that. I should have told that to Mr. Sean, too. Oh, but, that, yeah, that- but no, it, it just. But the top of the head wasn't. You know, I've been reading a lot since this. Since I saw this thing, I've been reading a lot, and a lot of people say that the that the head on it is like a chrome or or a dome on top thing.
4: Like this, crest, wasn't like
0: yeah. Yeah, it, this wasn't like that. Yeah, this one wasn't like that at all. I mean, it was. I mean, it's a lot bigger than a human head. Mm-hmm. But other than the hair covering of the thing, it.
2: Looked like a human head. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, not gotcha. sure. And you know, did did you? So I assume that the the hair looked kind of black. And uh, you, you know, when it put its arm on the on the on the tree, I mean, how long would you say that? You know, if it was hair, how long would you say that hair was? Or uh, could uh, you see through the hair? I mean, was there? you Well, know, yeah,
0: you could see through of, the hair. That was why. I, 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 that was when it first dawned on me That it actually wasn't human Because humans don't have Normal humans don't have hair on their arms <laughs> That long <laughs> They just don't have hair on their arms That long, I'm sorry <laughs> yeah. yeah But um, I could definitely see sunlight through it And judging I'd say maybe Two, three inches long About three inches long maybe I mean, you know, it, it was It was long enough that you could see it. So.
2: Yeah, what I what I find fascinating and and why I wanted you on the show was because if this was say a Sasquatch and you're not claiming that, but you're just you know it, but if it was a Sasquatch, yeah, I and I appreciate that, Um, but if 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 this was a Sasquatch and. The behavior, see, the behavior fits in with a lot of reports that I've taken in and a lot of reports out there others have taken in and read, uh, where it's it's using the tree as a form of cover, and it's, it's you know, tree peeking, it's hiding behind it. But what I find fascinating as well from a lot of reports is, you know, it's got its eyes fixed on something, and, you you know, there was a son and father or, a, you know, a, a child and, you know, an, an adult in this boat, uh, and it was it seemed to be kind of fixed on them. Were they fishing? Do you think they were fishing, uh, or do you know? I,
0: I assumed that they were, you know, because they were in a little john boat, uh-huh. and uh, but they were moving; they weren't stationary. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see I didn't see any fishing poles, but they were going up the other side of the line of, of water foliage, and they were going toward the bend in, in I guess, the lake. It, 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 I know it feeds off the Trinity River. Okay. So. I'm assuming that, you know, they were just going around the bend, and they they didn't even act like they saw it.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean,
0: you know, so the was the,
2: the, Right. Was the motor kind of loud, or was it a quiet motor?
0: No, it was You're a loud right. motor. Yeah. It was a loud motor, but I didn't uh, I didn't smell anything abnormal. Nothing norm more uh, less normal than what you would smell in swampy water. Right. You know. Yeah. The the swampy water odor. Um, there was what, no odor like, uh, other than that.
2: Was it standing in water, or was it on dry it, land?
0: No, it was standing in water.
2: In in in, it, it in this area, I mean, in water. Did, did you find that odd, or is that something you expect people to do standing water in that in that particular area? I mean, is that something kind of odd to you, or or not?
0: I really didn't think anything about it. I mean, you know, it is water, and people do swim in water, you know. Right. So uh, I, uh, I just really didn't think anything about it being in, in the water. Um, uh, it was just there. Uh, I wasn't even expecting to see it. We were just going down to the game reserve because uh, that's where Mark wanted to go. So uh, seeing it, it was just it never registered to me why it was standing in water. It was just standing in water to me.
2: Yeah, gotcha. And do you have a a rough? Uh, I know you you're horrible at guessing stuff, but uh, do you have a rough maybe height on this on this this thing? Uh, being you know standing in water uh, and whatnot, do you have a, a rough estimate on a height uh, or or not?
0: Uh, I would say between seven and seven and a half foot. Well, uh, I don't know how deep the water was he was standing in. I know that. Uh, the water was hitting it at its thigh. You know, the upper thigh. Uh-huh. That's that where the water was hitting it. Gotcha. So
2: Yeah, and the other the sure. other part of the um the other part that I found interesting too was the fact that um uh it it seemed to be like it wanted to go over the hill and I don't know what's on the other side of the hill or, or, or at least you know, the embankment as I think you described it. Uh, you know, it'd go up there and come back. Go up there and come back. You know, it sounds like it was either wanting to leave, whether it's human or Sasquatch, but yet it would come back. I, I have to wonder. Perhaps was it checking its blind side? You know, was it hearing noises behind it? It was making sure it had an escape route, or you know, but it would come back. Something was right. bringing curiosity back, or it was feeling safe in that area. Any impression or thoughts on that?
0: Well, uh, you have to drive through a, a neighborhood to get to the game reserve uh, where there's houses and you know cars it, it's a regular road um, and the only thing I can guess is and it only tried to go up the embankment once uh, it um, it just tried it one time and turned around and come back and it never even got completely out of the water I mean it just walked toward the embankment and then turned around and went back to the tree um, and it was just looking in and out behind the tree I mean it was By this time, the boy and the man had had already went out around the bend. And then that was whenever uh, Mark and I decided we were going to walk up the path. But uh, when we started to walk up the path, it was still in the water. But because I couldn't make it in there, we turned around left. Uh, I don't know where it went after that. But it could have been, I mean, it could have heard somebody in the backyard. or I mean, because the backyard of these houses faced, the the water area. I mean, if you could see the area, then you wouldn't understand what I was talking about. Right. So, George, what was
3: the, the what was the the length of your encounter from start to finish?
0: Uh, from start to finish, I would say maybe five to eight minutes. So, you know, and, in that area, possibly ten, because we stood there on a the pier for quite a while watching it.
3: Oh. So and it, it was in your vision the entire time that you, encountered yes, encounter. It,
0: yes, it was except for whenever we walked off the pier to go go through the walk area. The whole the whole Very time good. it was in our sight.
3: And, and you you uh, were willing to walk and check out a a, a Bigfoot, but but the spiders uh, got in the way.
0: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, <coughs> I don't do spiders. <laughs> I don't care how big they oh, are, I, how I, little yeah. they are. A good spider is a dead spider. And when you get spiders <laughs> almost as big as my head, it's time to go. Oh,
3: yeah. Yeah, so, <laughs> I, I hear
0: you. <laughs> <laughs> and even, actually, don't tell nobody. When I walked out, I actually started hitting the top of my head because my imagination got the better of me, and I thought there was one in my hair. <laughs> so, no, I don't do spiders. So, but if it hadn't have been for that, yes. Uh, Martha and I would have walked back there to get a closer look. Um, uh, was I scared? No. I, it never dawned on me to be scared. Um, maybe now that I'm a few years older, yeah, I would probably be scared. But um, I was like 51, 52 then, a little younger and a little stupider. <laughs> so,
2: yeah. Did you guys ever consider maybe possibly uh, taking a picture of it or, or whatnot? Or...
0: Well, I didn't even did have a cell phone. Did you
2: guys have to take a picture with? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I didn't even have a cell phone. And okay. uh, Mark had a cell phone, but it never dawned on me to take any pictures. But it did dawn on me because I remember, and his name stuck with me because it's such an unusual name. I remember one time watching a documentary about a Bigfoot and a, a wool heater. So Craig used, oh yeah, Craig Woolhear. Yeah, yeah, I used Mark's phone and got information and got the number to, to Craig Woolhear, and I there was no answer, but I actually left a message on his machine telling him I just I think I just saw a Bigfoot not five minutes ago, you know, but I never got a reply off of it.
2: Well, the, well, the overall I, encounter it. Oh, go ahead, Gunner. Go ahead. No, i was just gonna ask you.
3: Uh, w- was there anything else that that uh, that occurs to you about your encounter? I mean, thinking about it later, or
0: well, uh, when you, when I stop and think about it, I mean, it did not act in an aggressive manner in any way. I mean, it just didn't act aggressive. It it, it was uh, like curious, you know, it was interested in what was going on around it with the man and the, the little boy in the boat. Uh, did it try to approach them at any time? No, it didn't. Uh, it stayed right there at, right at the tree, except for the one time that it started up the embankment, and then went and got back behind the tree. It stayed there uh, up until we left the, the pier to, to try to walk up the pathway. So uh, there was no fear in it or, or me. I mean, you know, it just it just seemed curious.
2: Yeah. Now, now you guys. Seems like you guys had a pretty clear line of uh, view of of this individual thing. Did it could it if it if it turned around? would it uh, seen, seen you guys clear as day, or was there any obstructions? Because it seemed focused on, or you know whatever it was, seemed focused on possibly the the the, the boat and whatnot, the, people, the inhabitants of the boat. Uh, you know maybe it was looking for a way to get out of there, but had to wait for the boat to pass. I don't know, just speculating. But clear view of 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 you two. Oh
0: yeah. If it turned around. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it, it was a clear view. Uh, we could see it just clear, and it could see... It, if it had turned toward us, it would have been able to see us very clearly as well. Um, yeah. It was just... It, but it never looked our way the whole time. It just looked uh, straight at the boat, and then it turned and was going up the embankment, then it come back. So, but uh, it didn't act scared.
2: Mm-hmm. And, and di- I mean, did... Did you so when you guys actually went to go kind of to uh, check out this thing? Did you see it leave or do anything, or you guys decided to go and view it? And when when you know you got scared of the spiders, it was gone. Uh, did it hang around? Uh,
0: no, we didn't hang around. After we left out of the uh, out of the walk area, we got got the truck and left. Uh, we didn't go back onto the pier at all.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, so uh, once we left the pier, we couldn't see it. And then when we walked up the embankment, I mean, walked up the the walkway, to go see it, and then you, we got come back. and We got in the truck, so I don't know if it went up the embankment or if it went across the water to the swamp. I have no idea.
2: And and once again, the swamp back there. I mean, uh, before Ike, uh, how vast a swamp are we talking about? I mean, it, could something come in and out of there unnoticed? Do you believe? Uh, do you think? Uh, or, oh, or does it have to go through yards, houses, streets?
0: No, no. It, it can come. It can walk through that swamp freely. Trust me. It 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 was just. I mean, if I was a hermit and I was looking <clears throat> for a place to live, that would be the perfect place. Gotcha. I mean, it, it's very swampy and woodsy, and um, uh, in fact. What I think, now this is just my personal opinion, yeah. is it? what I think is it had come from, from the swamp area and went over to the side where the houses was at, and I think maybe it might have been coming back when this boy and uh, his dad in the boat come by and he was just waiting on them. I mean, now that's just my opinion. Uh, yeah. It could have come from the woods side because there is, Whenever you get down to where the, uh, the the driveway is to the to the pier, on the right hand side there is an abandoned cabin, and I mean cabin, and it's old and abandoned and all grown up with weeds. It's hard to see it. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it could have come from that direction as well.
2: Okay. <clears throat> what about wildlife in this area? What kind of wildlife uh, reside in this area? Live? I mean, do you guys have? Oh,
0: uh, uh, we, we have possum and coon. Yeah, wild boar. Uh, uh, deer, possum, coons, squirrels, um, any, any kind of animal you want—rabbit. Yeah.
2: So. Wow. Yeah, it sounds like the the, the fauna and whatnot—it's it, all there. What about uh, uh, reports? Any other reports from this area, uh, or are you aware of any other reports from this area?
0: Well, after of, of that's that, sightings. Well, after I seen that, I got to looking on the sightings in Texas for BFRO, and I think there's like 10 sightings in this county. So, and a couple of them was in actually that little town. Yeah. Any any right.
2: similar sightings or any, any sightings that you read that kind of stuck out to you or were similar?
0: One uh, was a, a a boy on a bicycle back in the 70s, or
2: mm-hmm. maybe
0: it was the 80s. Um, he was on his bicycle, and the thing stepped out of the woods and scared him, and he. Got on his bicycle and drove off. Um, that was one. Mm-hmm. And then the latest one. And since I was born and raised in this in this town, um, the latest one is by the the uh, the race uh, the the field track for the high school. Mm-hmm. Um, supposedly there was a sighting there uh, on the other side of the fence from the from the race field, the the track field. supposedly, and that's in town. I mean, there's a park, there's a grocery store, it's a shopping center,
4: Mm -hmm.
0: and the school's behind the shopping center, and uh, the race field is, uh, the track field is behind the high school on the back side of the park. Gotcha. So supposedly there was a sighting there uh, by uh, 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 a retired businessman.
2: Gotcha. Okay. Um, and so, I mean, there is, there is, there is, there is a, a, at least a little bit of a history of possible sightings in this area, and it sounds like it's got at least the, the habitat, uh, for something like this to, um, be in or pass through. So, I mean, it, it's, it's very interesting, Joyce. It's very interesting, and, uh, I'm, I'm really, uh, enthralled that you're just, you're, you're being honest and not making any claims, just describing what you saw, and, uh, that's, um, that's key, for me, it's just the description of what you saw. You know, he said he, with it, with when he saw this thing, you didn't see a neck. You know, it looked um, possibly rather tall. You, you think you guys saw some hair when it put its arm on the tree, and its behavior. I mean, regardless if it was human or whatnot, it, the behavior was sounds rather strange to me personally. Uh, I mean, did you find its behavior? I mean, you guys were watching this. So it must have been somewhat peculiar to you. I mean, obviously, you know, you didn't see any clothes. So it must have been, you know, obviously you guys watched it for whatever time, you know, between five and ten minutes. Uh, so it stuck out, you know, to the point where, you know, you, you wanted to view this thing, peculiar behavior.
0: Yeah, it did. I mean, we were both curious. Um, and uh, But no, I don't think it really did anything necessarily peculiar. I mean it, it did go in and uh, out of a tree a lot, I mean from behind a tree. Uh, uh but it didn't it didn't pick up and throw anything or, or anything like that. Anything out of the ordinary. I mean it would be out of the ordinary for for somebody to just throw a rock at somebody at a boat. You know, or throw a stick at somebody at a at a boat. That would be out of the ordinary. Uh this didn't do that
3: no I said before you were encountered had you you had you heard a big book before had you i mean had you watched t v shows or
0: yeah I, I had seen documentaries on it um several of them you know because uh, I like to watch the travel channel the history channel discovery channel uh uh animal planet um I watch a lot of, of shows like that I don't watch a lot of regular television shows. So, um, yeah, and then, you know, naturally um, I got curious about shows like Finding Bigfoot, Mountain Monsters, you know, when they started coming on. But um, and- as far as, and I'll be honest with you, as far as actually believing in in a Bigfoot or Sasquatch or, or whatever, um, I was kind of on the fence with it Um <clears throat> I can't say that I really believed in him, but I can't say that I didn't. Uh, I mean, bless bless my grandbaby's heart. She ought to she ought to hate me. Bless her heart. One, day, <laughs> we were living we were living in um, a very wooded area, and the nearest store was like two miles down the road. And I had taken my grandbaby with me to the store. Well, her daddy was always talking to her, you know, about Bigfoot and this and that and this and that, you know. So, <laughs> we. <laughs> coming back and it was during the daytime and in the field on the right hand side in the back of the field there was a tree stump. And I pulled (laughs) I pulled off to the side of the road and I told my grandbaby, I said, Look I said, Look, baby, I said Bigfoot squatting down back there. Look, baby. And to this day and I'm scared to tell her that it what it really was because I'm scared she'll hate me. this <laughs> day, bless her heart. She still believes that she saw a Bigfoot squatting down in the back of the field. And I'm scared to death if I tell her that what it really was, she'll hate me. <laughs> so I'm gonna keep my mouth shut. <laughs>
3: your your secret is safe with us. <laughs> well, thank
0: you.
4: <laughs> 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 so, <laughs> and you're not you're not
3: you're not the uh, inventor of the the. Uh, yeah. um, a stump squatch.
0: <laughs> I knew, I mean, they it had, that area of Texas is, is where they cut down a lot of logs, you know, to be hauled out. And mm-hmm. so I knew what it was, you know, that it, it was a, a tree stump. <laughs> I mean, right. as bad as my eyesight is, I could, I could tell what that was.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but bless her heart, she really, <laughs> she's still to this day, and she's 11 years old. And she was like six or seven then.
4: <laughs>
0: I went home well, and told her daddy what I'd done, and he told me, he says, "Mama, he says you ought to be ashamed of yourself." And I really yeah. am. <laughs> oh, that's
4: fantastic! But,
0: you know, <laughs> I was just having a little bit of fun.
4: <laughs> she she I know,
0: she I, she... I know, I've got a wicked sense of humor.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Shane had said you had had some experiences in your childhood that you might might have uh, found interesting.
0: Yeah, um, the year that I was thirteen. Now then this county has never ever 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 had any sightings or recorded sightings or anything, and it still doesn't. Um, my stepsister and I, for Christmas that year, my st- my dad had bought. He was my dad, and her stepdad uh, had bought a single shot twenty-two because we like to go out rabbit hunting at night. And you know, we had our carbide light on our heads, you know, with our little battery on a pack on our on our sides and what have you. And uh, we would go out rabbit hunting. Well, this particular night, Daddy had told us, you know, y'all girls don't leave to where well, you can't see the kitchen light and we said yes sir well being teenage girls you know 13 14 years old we got to talking about school and boys and what have you and the next thing we know we had gone out of the side of the kitchen window of, of the kitchen light so we turned around and was headed back I got to get up there's a bee going around me uh we were headed back and uh there was a tree stump and it was one of these that grew up off the ground and you and when my sister was walking, she her foot went through the, the hole underneath it between the ground and the, the bottom of the root, and she tripped and dropped her gun. Well, I looked down with her for her to pick up, you know, pick up her gun. Well, when we uh, picked up her gun, she uh, we both brought our headlights up, and this thing was standing, uh, I'd say, 10, 12 feet from us, maybe a little longer, and uh, it was standing there looking at us. And when we shined our lights on it, it the lights was like an orange color. And we took out um, running for the house. We dropped our gun and took out running for the house. And when we saw the light, we started screaming. Well, Daddy opened the back door, and me and my stepsister fell through the back door, you know, into the kitchen, you know. The door was open, so on the floor. And uh, he asked us the first words out of that old man's mouth. I mean, my dad was full-blade Cherokee Indian. And the first words out of that old man's mouth was, okay, girls, where's them guns? Well, we started telling him the story, you know, what we saw. And uh, he says, come on, girls, we're going to go get them guns. So he took his gun off the rack and, on the wall, and we went and got the guns. Now, Daddy did not walk with us. He kind of walked off to the side of us. And we we walked until we found our guns and went back to the house. Well, to this day, I've never been rabbit hunting again, to this day. And this thing was, it was such a dirty white, till it was almost, I would say, maybe a light, medium brown. And it had leaves in its, in its hair. It had a dirt, um, these big, we call them big cockaburrs. Uh, it just had all that, and it was all matted in, into its fur. It had little limbs. Um, just it was all just all matted in, into into his hair or fur or whatever it was. And uh, it's it just it, it scared us. It, I mean, it didn't get aggressive. It didn't chase us or anything. It was just standing there. So. But I'm, I'm afraid, as scared as we was, it probably wouldn't have called us anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but uh,
4: that's
0: that was my experience at 13.
2: <laughs> Joy, Joyce, why why do you think your dad walked alongside you, not in front of you guys, or at least with you? I mean, is that I, I find that a little odd. <laughs> Forgive me, but, you know, uh, why, why do you think he uh, walked uh, off to the side?
0: Well, unless it was for... Maybe protection, you know, because if he saw it before us, he could shoot it, you know, but uh, he didn't walk with us. He just Mm -hmm. walked off to the side of us. Uh, But he didn't send us back by ourselves to get the gun. So, you know, to get the gun. So apparently, you know, he believed us when we told him what we saw. Otherwise, Uh he wouldn't have went with us. I know my daddy. You know, he wouldn't have went with us. He'd have made us go back on our own. Right. So uh, all I can think of is. Maybe he was doing it for protection, you know. Okay.
2: Yeah, I I understand that. Now, did your daddy ever before or afterwards talk about Sasquatch Bigfoots? You know, I mean, you no. mentioned that he, he no. was no, nothing? Okay.
0: No, nothing nothing like that. Uh, like I said, daddy was from a like Cherokee Indian. Uh, he ostriched, rent, and fished for a living. That was what he'd done for a living. Mm. Um, he never... Mentioned anything out of the ordinary uh, He never even mentioned anything like Ghosts or, or anything like that He just it's, it's, We never talked about it in, in our home So uh, But my my only guess Is because you know he didn't argue With us on it And uh, he did get his gun and go with us uh, mm-hmm. Although he's never said it And to this day All the way up till he passed away uh, he still never mentioned anything about seeing something or anything. But I'm, my best guess is that he might have seen it once while he was out hunting or something, and he just never said anything to anybody. You know, and in, in later years when I thought about it, I'm thinking maybe that's why he told us not to go to where we couldn't see the kitchen light. You know, uh, but he, he, as far as talking to us about it, no, he never did.
2: Okay. Well, Joyce, when was the first time you ever, I mean, when was the first time you actually shared either one of these uh, possible encounters or stories? Uh, You know, were you very hesitant to share these, or did you just, were you open about sharing these encounters?
0: Uh, Well, I started trying to tell my kids what I saw, Mm -hmm. and uh, they don't believe me. Uh, They think that uh, I was saying things, or... You know how kids think about their mother or their father, you know they think when we start getting older we get senile or or whatever or <laughs> get dementia or whatever <laughs> but, uh, but then i i uh I tried a couple of times putting it uh putting in a report um to different you know a couple of different places putting in that that report and um I never got a response or, or anything. Uh so that you know, I got to thinking well, you know, maybe I just better not put any more out there because I'm I'm sounding stupid. Uh but then on Facebook I seen um the the, the page and um, so I decided I'd join. And um I was asked to to you know put my uh my experience down if I wanted to. Mm -hmm. And so I did. So, you know, but I I, I was reluctant because, first of all, my own family and friends didn't believe me. Second of all, I wasn't getting any responses back, you know, to the report that I had put in. So, no, I didn't until I got on this group
2: actually where I, I found this, that your, your initial report and, you know, we had um, a great conversation and whatnot. And I found some of the, um, some of, you know, many of the details interesting based on just some of the other reports and stuff uh, of Sasquatch and the behavior of Sasquatch, you know, and, and nobody here is claiming this was an absolute Sasquatch, but the behavior is it, it just, it, you know, in that area and, and, the whole the whole nine with your first encounter of whatever it yeah, was I'm was cool. interesting, you know, and 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 it mimics and mirrors a lot of reports uh you know um so you know I just you know I, I want to thank you so much for uh coming on here and 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 joining us and and sharing this uh and uh you know I Trust me, we we here at Ponce Rex Radio and the listeners. I'm sure believe you saw something. Uh, nobody's going to jump the gun and say, "Oh, this was a Sasquatch." But a lot of the a lot of the, the between Sasquatch. the behavior, yeah, between the behavior and uh, and whatnot. It, it's uh, <clears throat> you know it, it's definitely very very interesting. And uh, I've since you know I hope you you know Shelly Compton's out there in Texas. I don't know how far she is away from you but uh um she's a great uh, she's a great you know fantastic researcher involved with research and uh and a fat, fantastic lady like yourself that I respect highly uh and I think uh, you guys need to kind of hook up and maybe she can take your report in person and and maybe go check out some of these areas uh, I think it'd be beneficial to you both
0: well, I would love to actually go back there uh and actually look for maybe prints of some sort, you know, uh, although the drive area at that time was uh, either gravel or crushed oyster shell, I don't remember which. Uh, and then down the side of it on the right, if I'm remembering correctly, it it was um, like oyster shell or, or rock, but more like pebbles, you know, not really rock. So uh, I don't even know if we'd be able to find any any prints on the, on this side. But if there yeah, was they somebody to, to get reasonable. to the other side, yeah, I would love it. I mean, just absolutely love it. Um, as you noticed in my report, uh, mm-hmm. I didn't actually, I don't think, I actually called it a Bigfoot. I called it a creature. Right. Uh, because I wasn't real sure what I was looking at. <laughs> yeah.
2: You know, so, and it's its such an honest report, uh, you know, because many of these reports, you get in there, you hear from people like, oh, I saw a Sasquatch, and this is what it did. And 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 I, a lot of times I steer away from those because, I mean, uh, how do you know it was a Sasquatch? You know, but your your report, your sighting was very honest, and you're just you're basically just recollecting what you saw, the details, <clears throat> and the behavior and all that. And, and uh, that's I find that more fascinating than somebody saying, "Oh, I saw a Sasquatch," especially when it's from a distance and whatnot. But you know, the whole the whole you know, you, you painted a really good picture of what could be possibly a Sasquatch. And And, right. uh, you know, I, and I I love the, the childhood encounter because um, you guys saw something. I mean, definitely some sort of animal. And I, I don't know of an animal in that area that as you described it, you know, uh, with the, the stuff stuck in its hair and all that and the area you're in. Um, and, and once again, you didn't call it a Sasquatch. You just said, you know, this is what I saw. <clears throat> and uh, so I you know Joyce I just you know thank you so much for uh for joining us tonight I really really appreciate it and uh, please stay in touch with us and please and please stay in touch with Shelly she's fantastic Shelly Constantine is fantastic and a great researcher and and uh, just a wonderful lady and uh you are you are a fantastic person too, a, a wonderful it's been a pleasure talking to you
0: well, thank you so much, and it's really been a pleasure talking with you. And it it actually feels good to be able to talk to somebody about this because so many people don't believe it, you know. And you actually get to thinking, well, maybe I didn't see it. Then you're thinking, no, it's broad open daylight. It's between two and three in the afternoon. Yes, I saw something, you know. Um, um like I keep telling everybody, I've never done drugs in my life, so it's not it's not like it's another
4: <laughs> flashback <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> no, you definitely yeah, saw something of
2: interest and uh out of i mean I would call out of the norm um and uh you make no claims but just reporting what you saw, and uh you know i really i know gunner appreciates it, I appreciate it. And uh I just want you know thank you again for joining us and um, I hope you have you know a fantastic week and we'll be we'll be in touch and like I said, stay in touch with Shelly, please,
0: okay, I sure will, and hopefully her and I'll be able to get together and go down there and and check the area out so hopefully.
2: absolutely <laughs> absolutely well joyce have a thank have you, a joyce. fantastic evening
0: no, you too, and I'm so glad I was able to talk with y'all
2: thank you Joyce. Great, uh-huh. thank you. Uh, well, Gunner, I mean that that was uh, it was very interesting. What were your thoughts?
3: Um, it sounds like you saw. A, I mean, a, the description sounds very squatchy from yeah. her. Uh, both of her encounters. I mean, something you know with stuff matted in its hair. Um, we didn't get into too much detail on her on her, but it sounds like it was a pretty quick encounter in her childhood and right a, a pretty link, lengthy encounter uh, as an adult I mean the, you know there's not too many encounters that last you know so many of them are like uh, a flash of something you know some runs across the road or and and they got actually got a good look at whatever uh, whatever they saw and it, I mean for what she described it, it sounds like she saw um, it sounds very squatchy so
2: yeah and, and- in and what you had was two witnesses to something that they just couldn't figure out what it was. I mean you can leave it at that. Uh you know, um, they both reported no clothes and, and uh you know I don't think they saw a neck and, and the and then the hair, you know, I mean so it's open uh as to what exactly it was but it it is interesting and uh you know uh I, I, you know another fascinating, you know, possible encounter.
3: Mm-hmm. Very good. I think you did. I think it's uh, cool that you uh, uh, mentioned uh, Shelley. I think that that'd be uh, uh, a great hookup for them both.
2: So exactly. And uh, something I love to do is 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 put people in touch with, especially if I'm not in an area. You know, I'm here in Oregon. or well, we're here in Oregon, and Shelly's in Texas. So it's a perfect scenario for them to hook up, and and uh, they can you know, feed off each other and and learn some stuff and, and maybe visit the area and uh, who knows where that load that that uh sorry that road will lead. So um yeah, fascinating. Uh, but we do have our next guest uh ready to go uh with Greg. Uh, do you want to take him now?
3: Sure, let's go ahead. I'm ready.
1: Hey, I'm ready too evening, gentlemen. Evening Greg.
3: Good evening. How are you, Greg?
1: Uh, listening in to Joyce and um she had a very interesting experience I see herself.
2: <laughs> Indeed. Indeed.
1: So Greg, so, Greg here you have a- I
2: mean just, just once again thank to- you for joining us. Um Gunnar, do you have uh, some questions to start out? You want to lead this one?
3: Actually, I'm, I just like Greg the I've uh, heard Greg's encounter before. Uh mm-hmm. Greg is we've been out actually in squatching together, but uh yeah. Greg, what, I mean, Greg. Can you tell us a little bit? Give us a little bit of a background on yourself.
1: Sure. Um, <clears throat> number one, I'm one of probably very few people who are involved in law enforcement that are willing to come forward and to talk about their encounters or uh, their sightings. Um, I've been a deputy sheriff uh, here in western Washington for the last 24 years I've been in law enforcement for 35 total and uh, I've had uh, what you could consider I guess um, one visual sighting and numerous others where um, I knew that there were uh, individuals in the woods around me um which uh was displayed by vocals and wood knocks and rock clacking and odors and that sort of thing Did I lose you? Oh, oh no, sorry, sorry. Greg. sorry. Uh, okay. Yeah,
2: sorry about that. No, uh, <laughs> not at all, Greg. You know, so, we we you know, I've come to know you um be online and, and actually being out in the field and um I find you a very fascinating and well you know uh well versed person uh, especially when it comes to uh time spent in the woods and whatnot. Uh, and you've spent um countless hours in certain areas uh and nothing to do with research even you know uh, being a law enforcement agent and uh, you have some background with uh, with uh you know do you mind just talking about a little bit about your, your background being out in the woods and what that involved?
1: No, not at all. Um like I said I I work up here, uh county agency in northwest Washington, and up until uh last February, the last ten years that I'd been working with the sheriff's office up here um, I actually was what they call a co-op deputy, or it's a cooperative enforcement deputy. And I worked alongside with the U.S. Forest Service, um, patrolling the Forest Service roads and campgrounds and trailheads and that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, so I wasn't out there just now. And then I was out there, you know, five days a week, Um, sometimes. 12, 14 hours a day, and, you know, during that time, I saw and heard a lot of things, which at first, I didn't recognize them as having anything to do with with Bigfoot, but as I I will tell you in a short while, um, in 2009, I had an actual visual, and it was at that time that... uh, like a lot of people that um, have these encounters or these sightings, that kind of spars a interest um, because they are, as you said, generally fleeting, only last a matter of seconds or maybe a couple of minutes at the most, unless it's something extraordinary and, uh, you know, You start delving into the subject a little bit more and getting a a knowledge base, and it gives you quite a bit more understanding. Is, geez, I've been seeing and hearing and smelling these things for years now, but I never recognized it before.
3: Well, that's that's pretty cool. You had you had a very compelling encounter. and it was was one of those that that lasted um, longer than than uh you know was wasn't just a brief uh encounter. Can you share that with us
1: yeah sure um like I said, I've been in law enforcement here in the state of Washington since well basically nineteen seventy nine and off and on i've i've my whole time, I basically worked in rural areas, with a lot of forest areas around, and in 18, or excuse me, 19, oh, probably 83 or 84, um, I basically stumbled across and had complaints of two sightings in Skagit County while I was working for a city agency up there, and uh Both of them we applied canines to. One of them, the first canine, didn't appear to be very interested. But um, the second one, um, that one had a whole different kind of, uh, That was a whole kind of different scenario. Um, The dog showed interest but was very fearful, didn't really want to, engage, and that one involved uh, two groups of kids that um, went to two different area high schools. None of them apparently knew each other, and one carload of kids came around the corner, a passenger in the vehicle uh, saw what she later described as a Bigfoot says it was tall, dark, hairy, had the face of a man, covered in hair, and was very, very tall. And she guessed probably somewhere in the area of seven to eight feet. The driver didn't see the creature because she was paying attention to the road, which just happened to be on a sharp 90-degree corner, and her attention was elsewhere other than straight ahead and she didn't <clears throat> excuse me she didn't see the individual bigfoot and what drew her attention to that something was wrong was that her passenger was just freaking out and it just so happened that I had been home for dinner that night and was just coming back onto the main road after she had rounded the curve, and she pulled up behind me with her lights flashing, horn honking, and so I didn't know what was going on. Called in, you know, that I was being flagged down. And then walked back and made contact with the driver, and the passenger was just totally and completely in hysterics. And it, oh, it probably took two minutes to calm her down to the point that she could even articulate and tell me what it was that she had actually seen. And so apparently what had happened is they were coming home, uh, the two teenage girls. They rounded the the corner, and there was a Bigfoot that was down apparently on its hands or knees or squatted that I found later on when I looked at the scene a little bit more closely had apparently been picking grubs out of an old rotten cedar stump that was underneath a big cottonwood tree. And this was a basically a four-way intersection, but only two two directions were controlled by stop signs. And um, apparently the high beam headlights from the girl's car hit the Bigfoot in the eyes and it stood up, staggered backwards into an adjacent roadway and turned and then started walking towards the Skagit River where there was a boat ramp. And about the time that I cleared with these girls, then I drove down to the river just to see if there was, you know, anything down there, see if it might have been a bear or whatever. And when I arrived down at the river access, there was an old yellow 79 Ford Country Squire station wagon with about six other teenage boys in it and they were all very animated, very excited, and i asked them what was going on, and they said that they were heading southbound on the same road that uh, the two girls had been traveling, but at just enough distance behind them they weren't together. And so uh one didn't one group didn't know of the other and what they had seen. And basically the boys said that they had come up going the same direction as the girls and saw what they thought was a bear in the middle of the road ahead of them. And so they continued on down the road, and they, you know, like all young boys, it's like, let's see if we can catch it. So they sped (laughs) up. Um, trying to catch up with this bear and as they got closer and closer they said they were doing about 30, 35 miles an hour and this thing was basically at that point running just about as fast as they were in their car and that it was running upright on two legs and its arms were Swinging, and that it was obviously not a bear and so when it got to the end of the road that was paved the road basically rises and goes over about an eight or a ten foot earthen dike and typically the cars or trucks will drive over the top of it and They used to drive quads and stuff like that, four four by fours run along the river down there. But that area is developed now, and it's pretty much um, closed to that kind of activity. And the area around there is basically strip woods with small patches of woods along the river with open pasture lands and some houses scattered here and there. But within like five, six miles, then we had the foothills that were heavily forested. And so there was, with these paths of trees, it would be very easy for an individual Bigfoot or even a family group uh, to move in the evening under the cover of darkness, unbeknownst to anybody, and, you know, use those stripped woods as, if you would, a, a runway or a, a secluded uh, area of passage. And so anyways, um, these boys got out of the car and were looking in the direction where this Bigfoot had gone over the dike, cut to the left, and ran out through the woods. And so as in the first incident, which had occurred just a month before, Um, and both these incidents were in the month of, one was the end of September, one was Ah. the end of October. Um, They were both uh, moonlit nights, but it was overcast, so it wasn't a bright, bright uh, lit night, but there was enough ambient light that there was, uh, light glow in the sky, if you would, yeah, and uh so anyways, I called for uh one of the county canine officers, and I think basically everybody in the area had heard about the first incident the the month before, which was at the same exact spot um and that involved a uh individual who was a migrant worker uh, that had been working in the fields and he'd gone down to one of the local taverns got himself a bottle and was enjoying himself at the top of the dike um, the month before and he heard something behind him and he turned around and at eye level was this very tall individual covered in hair Um, that was looking right at him. And it scared him so badly that he basically, he defecated in his pants. Wow. And then he walked um, about two miles to the police department, where I just happened to be. And there was a... uh, a radio operator there that was working and a front desk clerk that was Hispanic. And I heard a conversation in the background while I was in the other office, and she she called me out. And uh, instantly I walked out, and I could smell um, the stench from him after releasing himself and I basically asked her, is that him? And she confirmed that it was him, that the odor was from him, and explained to me exactly what had happened to him and why he'd been scared basically um, to the point of crapping his pants. And so at that point, that was when we called and put the dogs on the trail the first time, which there wasn't any interest in the first call at all and the second call i called for a different dog uh, that happened to be working and this dog was known to be a little bit more brave and bold and the handler got there most everybody had heard about the sighting the month before at least the people guys that worked that area Um, in law enforcement because the word had gotten around about the sighting. And so we released the dog, and the dog tracked in the same direction as what the creature had gone. And then as the boys had said, he went out about 40 feet, first turned to the right, went out about 40 feet or so, and then took a sharp left, and that's exactly the way the dog went. We followed him through... The trees that were, eh, it was mostly alders, few maples, and then a cedar tree or a fir tree here and there. But the dog uh, went up to a fir tree, or excuse me, a cedar tree, and yelped and like it had been stabbed with a stick or something. And so it turned around and it didn't want to go any farther. So the handler uh, prodded him on and uh, told him to, you know, seek, and so he kept on, and he would turn around about every 10 feet and go past us and basically start clawing up the dirt on a, uh, you know, a strained lead, and he'd have to be put back on, you know, the track again, and we finally, we continued this about 10 minutes or so, and he made his way down to the edge of the river, which was hard-packed sand, and when we got to the edge of the river, um, the dog was out in front of us, and this was a German Shepherd, and with no warning whatsoever, that dog um, just bounded, like he was shot backwards out of a canyon, I mean he didn't turn around and jump. He jumped backwards um over both of our heads, and I was about three feet behind the handler, and he was doing everything he could, uh straining on his lead to get out of there. Wow. We both just kind of looked at each other and went, wow. I don't know what this is about, but he out here he doesn't like and Just about that time, we heard a big crashing sound from the woods across the river that sounded like something that was stomping through the woods, uh breaking down trees that sounded like they had to be a foot in diameter and there was probably four or five snaps crashing in the brush, and then everything was quiet. So those were the first two encounters that I handled. The third one was in 2009, and it was at the end of October, and I had been out on patrol all day long, and our patrol vehicles, Um, have mobile data computers in our our rigs. And I drove a white F-150 pickup with, you know, department logos on it, and um, it was outfitted for not extreme off-road stuff, but it was capable. And I'd come back to an area on the main road um, where I'd typically have – service from the cell towers to where I could transfer all the notes and the data for my patrol shift that day. I got back and parked along the road, turned off all the lights in my truck, turned it off, and for about maybe 10 minutes or so uh, did data entry. Um, It was a dark, um, semi-moonlit night. Um, The moon was behind me probably about half full. Um, And it had been kind of overcast during the daytime, but it was starting to break. And uh, clouds were starting to break up. And it was probably about 7.30 at night, um, probably about a half hour or 45 minutes after it got dark. And I had finished my paperwork and just turned everything off, just kind of relax and and uh, kind of enjoy the outdoors um, where I was at parked. And I noticed or first heard a sound of some brush cracking, um, and I was facing... Um, LED well, southbound, let's say, along the edge of the, the main road. It's a two way road up through the mountains. And uh, it was paved. And there was a trail, or a trail head, and a trail to uh, one of our local trails where everybody parks and then they go for their walks. And there wasn't anybody around and I heard some snapping, twigs, and that sort of thing, and I thought, well, maybe it might be a deer. So I turned on the side alley lights on my truck, shined off to my left, and I didn't see anything, so I just turned them off. And I sat there for a couple more minutes, and then I heard some more cracking branches, or twigs. It wasn't big branches, it was just, sounded like somebody walking bipedally through the brush, which at the distance that I could see, um, it didn't seem as if it was more than maybe 30 feet out into the woods, which was at that point was pretty much clear of underbrush, and so I was kind of surprised when I turned on my side lights and didn't see anything. And so then I just sat there a few more minutes, heard some more crackling brush. And then um, all of a sudden, you know, everything was quiet up to that point. hadn't heard a thing. It was just nice and peaceful. And there was a car or truck that would come by maybe every two, three, four minutes. And, uh, you know, I'd just tip my visor down and close my eyes to protect my eyes and my night vision because, you know, it was deer season and I was kind of interested to see if there was anything crossing the roads or whatever. And so I heard what I found out later um, was a short whoop, which is just a little whoop, and then a whistle or a bird chirp right after it and probably about 20 feet away to the south on the left-hand side of the road on the same side of the road was a whoop, whoop back and I heard some more brush moving and I thought that's really odd um I've never heard that kind of sound from anything in the woods it wasn't an owl um or any other bird that I had heard before, and I certainly had, hadn't heard anything that would make a whoop. I heard a
4: whoo whoop,
1: but not a whoop. So I just sat there a few minutes longer, and like I said, there would be a car that would come through every three or four minutes, and the road kind of dipped and kind of, It was probably about maybe a half a mile or pretty close to it that I had a fairly good stretch of road ahead of me, and then there was a series of easy, gentle, winding S-curves that went down the valley from that point. And there was enough moisture in the air that along with the ambient light, and then especially when the cars would approach, that the haze that was hanging in those that low area um, would light up, if you will, just like a white movie screen with nothing on it. And while the cars would get closer and closer and work their way through the S-curves, you could you go from being fairly dark to kind of light grey to a little bit brighter and then just before they come around the corner you get this really white screen of like haze or fog. The thing is that between me and probably a quarter of a mile there was the air was clear. There was nothing there. Um it was just it was You had some dampness in the air, but there wasn't that haze. It was just where the road sagged into that little hole that the fog was hanging. And there was a car approaching from the south, and I was facing south, and I saw what I thought at first was a dog that was on the far side, or would be on the east side of the road, running up the side of the road, um, heading northbound towards me. And it got closer and closer, and it got bigger. And so I thought, well, maybe that's a deer. And I had a pair of um, Nikon 10 by 50 binoculars that are pretty strong, and with the big, wide, objective lenses, they transfer a lot of light, especially if you have ambient light, into the lenses. So I was able to see pretty good, and I focused in on what I thought was a deer. And I watched as this individual was walking up the east shoulder of the road, and it looked to me like somebody that was walking along the road that had a hooded sweatshirt pulled up over their head, and it kind of went from what looked like would be kind of a point at the top of the head, and then it kind of tapered down about, you know, 45 degrees or so, out to about the ears, and then tapered back in towards the shoulders, kind of a diamond shape, if you will, down towards the shoulders. And I thought, who in the world would be out here at this time of the night? Because the nearest town was about six miles away. And so I sat there, and I watched, and... The haze in the background from a car that was approaching started to get brighter and brighter. And just before it got around the corner, the open road to come towards me, the individual that was walking towards me on the road cut across the road in about a 45-degree angle. And I noticed that what I thought was a sweatshirt couldn't be a sweatshirt because I couldn't see any wristbands around the wrists. There wasn't any taper around the waist where there would be a belt line or where you'd have the knitted band around the bottom of the sweatshirt. Ah. The pants, they weren't pants. Um, And then there was no shoes. I saw no lower cuffs on the pants. You know, it takes that moment of time because, you know, I went through, okay, it's a dog. Oh, maybe it's a deer. Oh, it's somebody walking down the side of the road. And then as it turns and it cuts across the path of the road, this thing in front of my eyes, I now recognize that this thing looks like about a a seven-and-a-half-foot basketball player. And, I mean, this isn't, uh, you know, a, a, a slightly built individual. This is a very muscular built individual. Um, no shoes uh, the from the ankles to the bottom of the calf and from the bottom of the calf up to the head of the rear of the knee was extremely muscular, and the rear quads like a weight builder like a bodybuilder. And what really caught me was the massive glutes that this guy had on the back of him. And I say guy because as he walked across the road, it suddenly popped in and there was that that uh, typical Bigfoot stride that we've all kind of come to know uh, through the Patterson-Gimlin film and a lot of the other uh, distant video that we've all seen out there. And I'm thinking (laughs) initially it's like, my God, am I really seeing what, what I think I'm seeing? And then as I'm watching, the thing that hit my mind is, you know, Police officers are supposed to be trained observers. Plus, you're thinking, this is probably a -a once-in-a-lifetime situation, and I need to take in as much as I can. And this individual, at the angle that he was walking, probably took about five steps, six maybe, cross the road he didn't continue up the shoulder he went into the woods on the opposite side of the road and this this area was heavily wooded with houses scattered from here to there maybe some next door to each other and the next house maybe a quarter of a mile or a mile down the road and uh, there were no lights um, and I just watched as this car, as I found out, was a pickup truck, came around the corner, and with this white movie screen-type background, got a perfect silhouette of what I would say was probably an adolescent young adult, uh, Bigfoot, that didn't have the long flowing cape of hair, but was rather like I said, built more like mixed mix between a bodybuilder and a pro a pro basketball player.
4: Um
1: and he was he had the he was stooped forward slightly Um, and his hands swung free by his side, and they were down near, close to his knees when he walked. And like I said, it was a profile that, with the way the lights lit him up, through the binoculars I could see virtually every muscle in his um, chest. He had a very prominent pectoral or chest muscles, and he had what looked like a distinct six-pack to his abs. Wow. And And um, instead of the mane that, you know, everybody, typical Bigfoot, everybody thinks of Bigfoot. Um, you know, you see some of the, the game cam shots of something that's really, Masciated and small and tiny, and kind of looks like a some odd shape monkey or something, yeah, but, bear with me. yeah, um, but this guy um was extremely muscular um very well defined muscles, very trim, and his head um was set kind of even with his shoulders, the back of his shoulders. And he went up, and the back kind of went, kind of rounded off the back. And it's near as I could describe it would be, rather than the typical Bigfoot look, it had more of a uh, kind of a Neanderthalish type side profile, obvious, distinct, large, brow ridge. His nose was very close and his chin, uh it's almost like you couldn't even see it. Um and then his you know, but he just looked huge. He walked off into the woods and there happened to be a single wide mobile that had been put up about two years before that. And there was a woman there that lived there with the kids, and she had a couple of dogs in a kennel in the backyard. And they just went ballistic, like somebody was beating the tar out of them. They were just yelping and screaming up a storm. And about that time, the pickup truck, the reason I know it was a pickup truck, that had come around the corner, right where I had seen this creature cross the road in front of me, came to a stop in the middle of the road, and there was a driveway and not exactly the opposite side, <clears throat> excuse me opposite side, but kind of kitty corner from where this this single wide mobile was at and stopped in the road, pulled into the driveway, turned around, backed up, stopped, and hit its high beams and turned its high beams on in the opposite direction, like it had seen something. My thought was, okay, who were they picking up? Is This individual that I just saw, Really, what I thought I saw, or could this be somebody out on foot? Well, the truck sat there for maybe 15, 20 seconds, and then drove off back in the direction that it had come. And my guess it was somebody probably coming out to the national forest to do whatever people do in the national forest during the evening, and probably had a glimpse of the same individual that I had from a distance, never reported anything, and drove back the way he came and left the forest. I contacted the next day um, three different neighbors in that area to see if they had seen or heard anything to see if they had had any guests or visitors, and nobody had anything. Nobody could tell me nothing. And so the woman, which amazed me, she had the TV on in the house, and her dogs were going nuts. But they must bark on a regular basis because nothing drew her attention to it. And, uh, you know, the thing is, it was after that sighting, that um you know I started looking into some of the other Bigfoot behaviors. The tree knocks, the rock clacking, mm-hmm. stuff like that, having things thrown at you, which I've never had anything thrown at me. But I've been mm-hmm. out on foot doing different things. And, you know, police officers that work out in the woods are like fishing game agents. We're we're resource officers. I mean we deal with criminal stuff, but we're out there to protect the resource and um, you know i was out on foot one afternoon well about three four o'clock in the afternoon down working my way to a creek bottom to where you know somebody might have planted some marijuana plants that was my intentions and so i went down there and while i was making my way down there i heard a tree knock and i was thinking what kind of an animal makes this sort of sound that sounds like somebody knocking two sticks together, and so I just you know went about my business and probably about two three minutes later, probably about forty yards away from where I heard the first knock, off about oh probably almost 90 degrees from me to the to my right, um, is another tree knock. And I'm like, wow, that's different. I've never heard that before. And at that point I'd been, you know, I hunt and I fish, and I'd never heard any of this stuff out in the forest before. And so I went down and got to the creek, didn't find anything, and as I'm down at the creek, I hear another tree knock, 180 degrees to my rear. And, you know, I just was like, what kind of bird or what kind of animal does that? And so I went on about my business, and I found a an orange um, Home Depot bucket, a plastic five-gallon bucket down by the creek, but that's all I found. And so I brought the bucket out and got back in my truck and drove off and didn't think anything more about it. Um, and then, you know, I started looking into some of the Bigfoot behaviors um, and started noticing um, and hearing from time to time tree knocks, rock clicks, And the feeling that you're being watched, uh, not so much, I mean, at times it made you feel a little bit uneasy, but not like you're about to be attacked or anything. It's just like, you know, you're out there, you think you're being watched, and it could be, you're thinking, well, maybe it's a bear, maybe it's a cougar, you know, something else that's out there. Or maybe it's just you, um, you know, kind of freaking yourself out, but... Um, you know, I never had too much concern because I always had a sidearm with me, and a lot of the times when I was out of my truck, um I carried a forty five seventy with a five hundred and forty grain hard cast bullet, so um an elephant could have charged me, and I you know wouldn't have had any problem dispatching it, so I wasn't too concerned about that. Um, but then the years following the sighting, um, then I started paying attention as my, I guess you would say, my knowledge base went up, and I started seeing tree structures, tree breaks, twisted trees in areas that, yeah could be natural, or maybe not, but in areas where you see one or two or three trees twisted and crossed all way in the same direction in a sheltered area and there's no other trees around it that have got the same damage. So you know that you're not looking at snow load. So, I mean, and then at different times, um, when, I didn't mention it, but the second sighting, uh, that I had with the kids, when I went out in the woods and we were with the canine, we got a very strong nose hit of an odor that was, at the time we kind of described it as a wet dog blanket uh, or kind of a wet sweaty horse mixed in with kind of a manure uh, feces smell, and over the years after my sighting in 2009, I started, you know, getting out in the area, um, and working the area more and more, um, and I was smelling, seeing, and hearing, you know, little breaks and little, uh, out in the middle of nowhere where nobody goes, um, You know, some tree structures that just looked out of the norm, uh, looked like somebody had piled them up in a teepee or whatever. They weren't cut. They were all broke. Um, Just things like that that kind of pique your interest and make you kind of go, hmm, I wonder, you know, could this be Bigfoot activity?
3: (laughs) So, Greg, you, I mean,
1: so, before
3: 2009, you you'd, uh, investigated a couple of reports uh, as a police officer, and then yep. you had this encounter. And, I mean, prior to that, what would, I mean, had you heard of Bigfoot? I mean, what was your awareness of a Bigfoot before that?
1: Well, you know, we all um, kind of in the 70s, when all the, the first Bigfoot movies came out, you know, it was kind of the horror-type stories, you know, the the Creature of Boggy Creek and, uh, you know, some of those that, yeah, they were just kind of, uh, you know, they were just shows. Um, and then they started coming out with, you know, kind of documentary-type prog- movies, intervic- or interviewing, you know. Uh, witnesses of encounters and that sort of thing. But um, until you actually have something that you can touch, feel, know that there's something to it, you know, most people, you know, even coworkers and stuff like that, they're not, they they think you're kind of out there, you know. Um so it was, you know, up until I had, I I knew there was something out there, and even the first and the second sightings smelled something. The dog did something weird, but I didn't have it that, you know, that visual um, to confirm anything. So up until I had my sighting in 2009, I was, you know, on the bench, so to speak,
3: So the and and since then um, you you uh, so uh, when you investigated the reports where where the the kids had seen something and then the the migrant worker um, did that raise your level of awareness you know like oh there's something there might be something to this I mean the dog's behavior was extremely strange.
1: Oh, definitely. Because mm-hmm. I mean, you know, uh, police officers they they train their 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 dogs um, so that you know they're they're trained to as much as they can dis- disregard other animals, other dogs, cats, that sort of thing. Because that's not what they're tr- they're trained to track. And you know, they get their collar jerked you know, um, when they are when they get off track. And, uh, you know, I've never seen a dog do anything like that. I've been on plenty of canine tracks um, as a backing officer over the last 35 years. And I have never seen a canine turn to the point that they're a cowardice and just – well, nothing to do with whatever they're tracking, and the only thing on their mind is is getting out of there. Um, that's something that just the bells and the whistles and your antennas go way up as to why is this dog doing this, um, and it, you know it's just um, a lot of a lot of things that I've seen and heard and smelled over the years. Um, you know, and at different times that, um, you know, Bigfoot has a behavior where they like to intim- or like to um, impersonate other wild creatures, owls and coyotes and different things like that. Um, myself in uh, Retman Mullis, uh, we're over in on the Colville Indian Reservation here a couple of years ago, and we had triangulated, we had three, at least three individuals that were around us that night. And one of them, uh, we smelled first. Um, we first started hearing them moving in the brush around us, and they, went, they moved up through a ravine, one of them, and then... They branched out, and we had basically two on our flank and one on our other flank. And I was the first one that got a nose hit of the odor that kind of smelled like somebody hadn't wiped their butt in about, you know, six months. And uh, then all of a sudden it was peaceful, quiet. Like I said, there was nothing in the air, no birds, no nothing. Um. And we get this ninety-pound chipmunk about maybe forty yards away from us that cut loose with you know kind of a warning, and it was just kind of a and I mean it just shook the woods. And we looked at each other, and we knew that was that was not a chipmunk. And you know this was after midnight. So there's just a lot of things that have happened over the years that are out of the norm that um, a lot of people have reported as Bigfoot behavior. And then um, I was down with you and Shane here a couple of months ago, um, and I know you've talked about it, I mentioned it on a previous show, um, where I had cleaned up a bunch of sticks out, you know, where I'd laid my tent out. And the sticks had been on the site where I put my tent down. So I pulled out all these little, you know, anywhere from 6-inch to 18-inch to 2-foot sticks and just piled them into, a, you know, basically a circular heap. And then... We went off to a group camp together, and then we came back, uh, first thing we noticed was this pile of sticks that had no rhyme or reason to it now had all these intricate 90-degree angles, and were all interwoven um, like some sort of a stick puzzle. And, you know, there were three sticks that were probably a foot to 18 inches that were laid out along the west side of the road as if it was a boundary line or something that, you know, somebody was trying to tell us or communicate to us. And we've looked at those photos that we've taken in the past and tried to make rhyme and reason of them, and, you know, you just can't do it. Um, you're just not on their level.
3: Yeah, that. That was all. Aw- I mean, I and I'd never seen anything like that because um, there was definitely, if you know, um, what you had described the way they've been left there was very random. And what there was, and that's how I describe it. They went from being random to they. That did not look random to me. I mean, that and I was like, hmm. And There was some other stuff that that was the night that. Uh, Shane yep. and Larry were camped a little bit away, a yeah. little ways from us, and uh, something had unzipped Shane's tent. <laughs> yep.
1: Yeah. So. And you know, that area that we were camped down there, um, you know, that was, I don't know how long that area had been that way, but, you know, typically Forest Service or Department of Natural Resources or whatever, if they have slide areas or work projects or they want to, uh, you know, increase the parking availability or whatever. They'll put down, you know, bring in, fill, level an area out, and that's about what this area was. It was, you know, a reasonably new area, and then they had um, put down, you know, straw uh, for erosion protection. Mm-hmm. And from where beer guys' tents were seated, and then we we found those deep impressions that we didn't really seem to make much of a dent in that went up and down the slope uh, in and out of the camp. Um, you got to kind of wonder, you know, how big a guy that was that would it would take to leave those kind of impressions.
3: Yeah, there were some interesting, yeah. that was interesting. Uh, and, and there were some other uh, things that happened that weekend in terms of, of uh, hearing some, uh, quote-unquote wood knocks. You know, I'm not sure that that's what it was because I didn't see a squatch in a tree, but there was definitely um, a, some loud loud uh, pops yeah. in the woods. Uh, Shane heard one and I heard one, and I think there was some other uh, some other uh, audio stuff that happened that weekend that was right. interesting.
1: Yeah, I remember there was a, I think it was, 3.41 in the morning, uh, it's just starting to get daylight, and I remember, you know, just kind of being there, laying there half awake, half asleep, and hearing what sounded like about a 12-inch tree just <laughs> smash, you know, uh, that it sounded like something would just mowed down a tree. But at that point, you know, then you roll over and you go, Wow. And then you're trying to remember, okay, I was laying down, which way did I hear it? You can't triangulate which direction it came from. Right. (laughs) So trying to figure out where to go look for the new tree break, you know, um, it's kind of hard to do.
2: Yeah. Greg, um, we're going a little bit short on time, but I have to ask you, have you received any reports from other law enforcement agencies or anybody involved with uh or coworkers or anybody involved with the park service or uh, any interest uh with this subject
1: you know um i've mentioned it to some of my coworkers in the national forest and you know they always kind of say well you got to be careful on who you're talking to you got to be careful on what you're saying Um, And, you know, in asking them have they ever seen or heard anything like that, uh, most of them are like, "Mm," shake their head no, and it's like, no, haven't haven't heard it. Um, But, you know, there seems to be a certain amount of secrecy um, with the federal agencies, and there's a lot of documented, if you will, incidents out there where, Government employees have basically been threatened you know with their livelihood and their employment if mm-hmm. they disclose uh certain things that go on out in the field right. and so even if even if somebody you know had some sort of an experience um I think they'd be very very reluctant, and it's kind of unusual. Um, You know, the Brothers of Blue, so to speak, that Mm -hmm. even one-on-one are very reluctant uh, to say much of anything in fear of being labeled one way or the other. But, um, you know, at some point in time, um, there's a lot of evidence out there um, that points Um, towards the likelihood that, you know, there is something out there. Um, You know, there's been DNA studies on hairs uh, that have been sent in for um, analysis. But as of yet, um, there's nothing that we can definitively say, um, you know, it's Bigfoot. um, Right. Because, you have to have the provenance of seeing some seeing a creature in an area, then being able to find the evidence which sometimes is like finding a needle in the hay, in a haystack amongst other needles of other animals that range that area on a daily basis um and singling out that one hair or that one specimen as belonging to what you saw, um, you know, there's been a lot of talk. It's going to take a body of evidence. But, um, you know, even in the Bigfoot research community, um, a lot of individuals are kind of, you know, divided on that one. Um, Mm
2: -hmm. Have you personally come across any obstruction Uh, from any, you know, any law enforcement or um, any agency uh, obstruction or uh, um, have you ever been told to shut up?
1: No, I've never been told to shut up. I've been told, you know, you need to be careful on what you're saying and who you're saying it to. And, you know, that could be construed in itself. Um, You know, you're walking on thin ice. But, you know... I've got 35 years' experience and my credibility with the courts and the people that I work with. um, So I'm not really all that concerned about, you know, somebody that I work with uh, within my agency or others that I know in law enforcement thinking that, you know, I've had some kind of mental break.
3: We are just running up against the clock. Um mm-hmm. about a minute left in the show. Greg, I'd like to thank you for coming on and sharing your your experiences. Um, really cool. I mean the the I just find it always compelling when uh you have more to me you have more more to lose than to gain by sharing, you know, any <laughs> any uh kind of encounter for um given your your uh your career so yeah
1: mm-hmm. well you know um in doing this sometimes i kind of wish or kind of hope that maybe there might be some others out there that come come forward um just real quick you know i ran into a law enforcement officer in colville over there the indian the first nations it's accepted everybody sees them on the reservations they're open to it and they welcome you and they're openly talk about their sightings themselves. But the the non Indian community, uh, there's a stigma with it. Yeah.
3: Yeah, there's yeah, they're uh, I, go ahead, I,
2: I well real quick, I just want to thank Greg for his service and his uh you know, all the years he's spent in law enforcement. Yeah, I really appreciate uh, everything you've done and uh wanna give you be kudos and and the boys in blue. Um I think uh Nowadays, uh, it's it's there's a lot of controversy and uh, a lot of stuff being out there. But uh, I I know you. I met you, and you're a stand-up individual, and I really appreciate your your service.
1: Well, you're very welcome.
3: That is about all the time we have for this episode of Monster X Radio. Thank you everybody for listening, and have a great week. We are out here.
1: Thanks, guys.